Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Carolina hangs on to it. Hamilton blast. is knocked down and it's score! Jordan Stahl pops home the rebound. And the Canes captain puts Carolina up 3-2. to two. Sveshnikov almost comes up with a steal behind the Red Wings net. And the Canes do to Sveshnikov. Lays it across and they score! Jesper Faust on a gorgeous setup from Andrei Sveshnikov. And Carolina goes up 4-2. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending part of your Thursday evening, depending on when I put this up, uh, or sometime on your Friday, or who knows, no game until Sunday. You might not be listening to this, to this until Sunday morning. Just wetting your appetite for the Canes and the Florida Panthers coming up at 5 o'clock on Sunday. That's right, two whole days with no hockey. What are we going to do with our hands? Uh, well, it was sort of like that for the first 40 minutes of this game. Really, nothing much going on. A uh, lot to talk about. Alec Campbell will join us in a little bit. A reminder, the Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Siding, roofing, uh, entry doors, storm doors, windows, they got it. If you need it for your home, they got it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham, online at aluminumcompany.com. It's always tough. By the way, I'm Adam Gold. I don't know if I said that before. Uh, it's always tough coming off the road uh, after you've been on the road for a long time and the Hurricanes played five games in eight days on the road. They played 10 games in 16 days uh, and they were gassed. I think they were gassed. You, you could tell they were gassed in the third period at Nashville. Uh, even late in the second period, it, it, you could see <laughs> you could see the energy uh, emptying out. I will just say that it's a good thing that this game was played against the Detroit Red Wings. Had it been a capable team, had it been the Chicago Blackhawks, might even go in Tampa or Florida. Either either Tampa or Florida would have been up. Uh, I don't know, five five nothing after one. After two, rather. Not wasn't that bad in the first. Um but Carolina took got a caught a break by by the fact that they played Detroit tonight and they got away with not really being engaged for the better part of two periods. I think that the it's it did start to tilt a little bit towards Carolina, I would say with about five minutes to go in the second period. Uh but ultimately uh, it was just a difficult night for them to get going. Maybe uh, the emotions of having 2,924 fans in the building. I think that's the official number, 2,924. Uh, 15% <laughs> uh, capacity. That is a pandemic capacity, 2,924. 
but I just think for whatever the reason were, I don't even know. I, we don't have to get into it. They were just sluggish for the better part of two periods. And I'm not sure that the Martin Natchez goal with about a minute 15 left in the second period didn't completely change the complexion of the game. I don't want to give that moment more credit than we can prove because I do think that the first shift of the, of the third period changed the game. I think it was the first shift of the third period when Svechnikov, Stahl, and Faust simply leaned on Detroit. And Rod uh, made a couple of subtle line changes. He dropped Svechnikov away from Aho and Teravainen, put him with Stahl and Faust, and that line just went crazy. That th- They were so... I, they could have left. Uh, they could have left them out for uh, for I don't know for the entire twenty minute period. Carolina might have won nine two. Uh, they were that good in the third period, first shift, uh, and it was evident that that was going to be the case. Uh, so uh, it was a stall goal on a pass from uh, Faust. Actually, it wasn't a pass from Faust. Uh, it was a carom off Faust's knee. That went right to stall, uh, and a quick release shot in between the arm and the body of Bernier, and it was 3-2 Carolina. Two minutes later, uh, Svechnikov with an incredible pass across the crease to Faust for the putaway, and it was 4-2, and it was over. Uh, Carolina was had, had shown up for the third period, and that, of course, is something that uh, we didn't see in the, in the last three games of the road trip. Of course, Carolina won all three of those games, so we can't be too upset about it, right? Uh, but Carolina played the third period like it really mattered, and it did, uh, because it really this game looked like a loss the way Carolina was approaching it. Uh, and then Nino Niederreiter with the empty net goal at 14.55. 5.15 to go. Jeff Flashel pulls a goalie. Had a, a defensive, uh, an offensive uh, faceoff. For Detroit, so defensive zone faceoff for Carolina. They had just iced the puck, and the, it was already a long shift. And I recall, I think it was Tripp talking about how Natchez was gassed. <laughs> uh, and he was just like slumped over, coasting back down the ice, getting ready for the faceoff. So Carolina won the draw, co- you know, corralled the puck. Nino skated it out to, towards center and then just fired it on net. And there you go, 5-2, that's your final score. Uh, But this was, uh, it never looked like it was going to be a runaway, Uh, but ultimately in the third period, Carolina found their legs and leaned on uh, Detroit, and that was that. Detroit was missing Dylan Larkin. They were missing a couple of other players too, Uh, but uh, even Dylan Larkin, uh, who has not had that good a year, obviously, uh, even, uh, even Dylan Larkin wouldn't have helped this tonight for the Red Wings. By the way, the Red Wings, you can see pieces, right? If you're, uh, if you're looking for stuff, you can see pieces for the Red Wings. I mean, Philip Zadina's legit. He's going to score plenty of goals for Detroit. And I think Evgeny Svechnikov's a good little player. And not so little, right? But he's a good player. So there, there's, you can see pieces 
for the Red Wings. And you know they've got Larkin and they've got Anthony Mantha. Uh, and they didn't have uh, Tyler Bertuzzi tonight either. That's the other player they, they missed. So two of their best players. So you can see something. Uh, you can see a little bit. There's just not much on defense. And the goaltending is nothing more than average. Uh, so just some names that will come up in conversation tonight. Uh, we will talk about... Stahl, Svechnikov, Foss, that line was very good. We'll talk about Jacob Slavin. We'll talk about Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, who fought the puck mostly in the second period. I thought he was really good in the first, fought the puck in the second, maybe wants that second Zadina goal back. Uh, but good shot by Zadina, by the way. Uh, but I think Ned was more out of position than anything else. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Nedeljkovic made 33 saves, and in his last four games, uh, has stopped 126 of 132 shots on goal. That's a 9.55 save percentage in his last four. If you are scoring at home, and he is three and one in uh, in those games. Rod Brindamore won his 100th game as head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. That ain't bad. It's like fifth fastest to 100 uh, of all time. Pretty cool. Uh, and again, the Hurricanes played a great third period. Uh, my stars were Jacob Slavin, first star, Jordan Stahl, second star, Andrei Svechnikov, third star. Uh, there were there were a bunch of guys who could have been first star tonight. Uh, those three I mentioned could have all been first star. I think, in my opinion, even though he was pointless. I thought Jacob Slavin was great in all three periods. That was my separator. Great in all three periods. I'm not sure any Carolina forward, uh, or defenseman for that matter, not named Jacob Slavin, was great even in the in the first two periods at all. Uh, but I thought that um, I thought Slavin was great all night long. This was vintage to me. Vintage. Jacob Slavin. And we'll talk about uh, what Brett Pesci was doing a little bit later on. You know, you know me. I'm a I'm uh, I'm the captain of the Brett Pesci fan club. Uh, but uh, I don't know what he was doing in the uh, in the second period because that was he. I mean, it's feasible that there's a suspension coming for that. I, I mean, I don't think so because he has no history with the league. Uh, but you know, if you're if you're a player with uh, with some sort of a history, that's a suspendable. Deal the slew foot. That's just you can't do that. I don't. Even, I don't even understand it. Uh, Jordan Stahl had a goal and two assists. Jesper Faust, Andrei Svechnikov, Martin Natchez, and Nino Niederreiter each had a goal uh, and an assist. Dougie Hamilton had two assists. Vincent Trocheck had two assists. Carolina had seven players with multiple points tonight. Uh, Slavin initially had an assist on the empty net goal, but uh, they they took that off the board and they gave it to Vincent Trocheck because he needed an assist. I don't know. He's got eight assists now. Uh, he's got 20 points. Jordan Stahl's got 20 points. Uh, Svechnikov has 19. The balance scoring has really uh, been impressive for Carolina. All right, so we'll get into a recap, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell uh, in just a little bit. Again, fans in the stands, 29-24, uh, a pandemic capacity. Isn't that nice? Uh, all right, so uh, shall we? I believe that we should. We Pick up the action, if you will, at 10.54 of the first when the Red Wings, who were the only team to arrive at the start of this game, 
Philip Zadina, the rookie, used Dougie Hamilton as a screen. Kept in by Detroit. Shot goes over the top of the Nedeljkovic crease. He's now giving chase for it is Sam Gagne. Gagne, they flip it to Zadina, and he scores! Zadina picks the upper corner, beating Nedeljkovic in Detroit. Takes a 1-0 lead. Yeah, that uh, that was just a good play by Detroit, but also a little bit of a lack of attention to detail by Carolina in their own end. Dougie Hamilton just kind of caught wandering, meandering around the defensive zone. Uh, and it was sort of a cycle by Detroit, but really Zadina got the puck and then just kind of circled back uh, out above the circle and then drifted towards the net. Pass came to, right to him, and he just drilled it. Too much time and space. Dougie was there, but Dougie wasn't there at the same time. Good play by them, bad play by the Hurricanes, and it's 1-1. 14 seconds later, Adam Ernie tripped Warren Fogle. Why? I don't know, but he did. And then it only took seven seconds for Svetch to tie it. The draw is one back for Dougie Hamilton. Walks to the top of the umbrella to Svechnikov. He scores! Andrei Svechnikov on the power play. Picks the top corner and ties it up at one. If you're Jordan Stahl and you're on the first power play unit and you win, oh, every faceoff. He's like fifth in the league in faceoff uh, wins. Uh, then you're going to get a lot of assists. <laughs> this is has to be the third assist this year that Stahl has gotten simply by winning a faceoff. So he wins it back to Hamilton. Hamilton drifts toward the middle, doesn't have a shooting lane, gives it back to Svechnikov, who just ripped one uh, just inside the far post. It might have even hit the inside of the post uh, and uh, went in for his eighth goal of the season. And that was the first time in 15 games that Andrei Svechnikov had beaten a goalie. He had a an empty net goal in the first win over Tampa in that four-game series, in the win over Tampa. That was the only other goal he had had. He had gone 14 games without beating a goaltender. Uh, there were a lot of uh, droughts ended tonight, by the way, and it was really cool to see. Uh, but that, I mean, it wasn't like Andre wasn't playing well. He was playing well, for the most part, really playing well. Guys like Svechnikov and Aho, they're supposed to score, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you can play well to a point, but those guys are also tasked with scoring. So it's 1-1 after 1. Uh, and by the way, and even though uh, one of these, well, I'm going to, we'll, we'll play two of the Alex Nedeljkovic saves here because I thought Ned was excellent in the first. Now Detroit has a power play. Working the puck around, they shoot. Nedeljkovic! What a save! As he robs Anthony Mantha! Aiden Fleury at the left point, but his shot is blocked by Zadina. Zadina in on Nedeljkovic all alone. Nedeljkovic with a huge save! Denying Zadina. Alex Nedeljkovic held his ground. Denying Zadina, you heard that name a lot. Zadina and Anthony Mantha, you, those guys were very present in this game tonight. Again, the Red Wings, they're going to have to f- figure out a way to get some defense and, and more better goaltending, obviously, but they've got some pieces. and it's, it's, I think they'll be fun to watch, maybe not this year, uh, but they'll be, they're, they're going to be interesting uh, in the near future. They just need a star. If they had a star... Uh, they'd be, and who knows, maybe Zadina turns into that because he does look like an, an, an excellent, excellent player. Uh, and by the way, he was at it again in the second period. We'll just pick it up here. Brett Pesci, 
I don't know. Brett is one of the nicest people you'll meet. He doesn't even he doesn't even play on the ice like a jerk. Uh, he's just a great positional smart defenseman. And I don't know what happened. And Brett skating off the ice. I think Robbie Fabry probably gave him a little extra at the end of a play. And Brett skating off the ice, and he's behind Fabry, and he just reaches out with his right leg and slew foots him. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a violent hit, so the notion that that's dangerous, yeah, in some situations, the slew foot is dangerous, but it's just completely unnecessary. It's an automatic penalty. And with Brett in the box, Philip Zadina scored again. Uh, it was Carolina had an opportunity to, uh, to clear the zone. They didn't do it, and um, Zadina just ripped one high, glove side, over Nedeljkovic. To me, Ned just was like, didn't have the, the short side covered. Um, now, maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but I just thought there was a lot of room on the short side, but it went high over the glove, and uh, or maybe it didn't go quite high, but it was definitely short side. Ned didn't do a great job at it, but it was also a great shot by Zadina, who's, again, dynamite-looking prospect. By the way, Yevgeny uh, Svechnikov got the secondary assist on that goal. Carolina started to play better late in the second period. Started to play better. But before we get to the equalizer, this happened, and it might have saved the game. Now Slavin's without a stick. Carolina trying to keep the puck in the zone. Shea, it bounces over him. Mantha in alone on Nedeljkovic. On the back end, Nedeljkovic with another big save. Wow, what a save. See the speed of Mantha, his range and reach. Pick time stop. What is the complexion of this game if it's 3-1 Detroit? And Anthony Mantha has been a hurricane killer in the past. But what is the complexion of this game if it's 3-1? As it turns out... Carolina got to their game late in the period. The Vincent Trocek, Nino Niederreiter, Martin Natchez line went to work, and Natchez stays hot. Canes keeping the puck into the Detroit zone. Trocek takes a hit from two Red Wings, gets it out to the point. Steps right out, they score! Marty Natchez continues his torrent pace, and the Canes tie it at two with a minute 15 left in the second. That's three goals in a, in his last three games, goal in each of his last three games, and he just sort of stepped into it. And Natchez was part of the forecheck that kept the uh, the puck in the offensive zone, and he just kind of circled out uh, above the rings and then drifted down in between them. Uh, it looked like, to me, the puck was actually on its edge, uh, and he shot it, <laughs> and it just sort of went almost end over end slowly. It didn't really do much. Uh, but it was ripped just under the bar, high blocker side, uh, and it's 2-2 with a minute 15 left in the second period. We've talked about late-period goals. Carolina's been really good at late-period goals all year long, and I don't know if this was the turning point in the game. It might have been the com- combination of the Nedeljkovic save on Mantha and then that goal by Natchez to make it even going into the third period. But honestly, this whole thing, this whole thing turned in Carolina's favor with a line change. Andrei Svechnikov playing with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Fast and the very first shift. Carolina hangs on to it. Hamilton blast is knocked down and it's gone! Jordan Stahl pops home the rebound and 
three to two. Great goal. It put Mike Maniscalco back in puberty. Look, Carolina had a great first shift. Uh, that's a heavy line with the way Fost and Svechnikov play, along with Jordan Stahl, who was, again, so good tonight. Gosh, we're going to talk about him. Um, and that line looked possessed in the third period. Uh, Hamilton took the shot. Fost was in front. Fost is very good with uh, with the net front. His net front game is on point. Uh, Dougie Hamilton hit him in the knee with that shot. And it it bounced. It came right back out to Stahl, who did not hesitate, and he just uh, rifled it in between the body and the arm and the uh, I guess glove side arm of uh, Bernier, and it's three two forty five seconds in. Two minutes later, that line was at it again. Svechnikov almost comes up with a steal behind the Red Wings net, and the Canes do to Svechnikov. Lays it across, and they score. Jasper. On a gorgeous setup from Andrei Svechnikov in Carolina. Goes up 4-2. It was a spectacular pass. It was a great finish by Faust. Jordan Stahl gets the assist. That line did such good work on that particular shift. Uh, and it, and that, it's basically over at that point. Uh, Detroit spent the, uh, the better part of the first 30 to 35 minutes dominating Carolina. And they get out of the second period and it's 2-2. And Detroit's just not good enough to overcome that unless Carolina slept walk through the third. And obviously that was not the case. Carolina uh, came out of the second intermission ready to go. Uh, and that line was spectacular. Uh, and then it got so desperate for Detroit that with five minutes and 15 seconds left in the game and after a hurricane's icing and a long shift that Jeff Blaschel decided, eh, pull the goalie. Let's pull the goalie and see if we can catch him. Uh, a little gas, get an extra guy on the ice in uh, Carolina. I think Trocek won the faceoff, and then Nino Niederreiter ends up with the puck, and he just puts it into the empty net from uh, just on the other side of center ice. And 5-2 was the final. Uh, but Alex Ndelkovich was good again. Uh, that line of Stahl, Svechnikov, and Foss was outstanding. Jacob Slavin was pre- probably the best we have seen Jacob Slavin all year. And Rod Brindamore, the head coach, wins his 100th. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, this is the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. And uh, we'll take a short break. And uh, we'll continue the conversation about Carolina's 16th win of the season. Next. Yo. All right. Let's do it. All right, here we go. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, 12 to 3. We hang out every day, except we didn't hang out today because I wasn't there. Uh, At Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter. Well, that looked like a 5-2 win right from the beginning, didn't it? (laughs) Yes, I could tell right from the beginning. Actually, I knew they were going to win because they didn't start on time. So (laughs) I knew that that was going to be a W. And hey, listen, not to not to galaxy brain it too much, but sometimes you got to get punched. Like sometimes if the game doesn't get out of hand, I don't mind the the necessarily a slow start, so to speak. Rope a doping um, for for almost forty well, minutes. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you can start fast and get lulled to sleep because you think you're better than you are. Oh sure. And then in the last and then the last two periods you get punched in the mouth. 
or you start kind of lackadaisically like they did in the first and, you know, a lot of the second period too. And then you're kind of like, okay, we need to wake up here because we haven't really done a whole lot. So in some ways, it's not always a bad thing as long as it's not like five, nothing after the first period. Like I said, in the Uh, beginning of this, it's a good thing. They played Detroit tonight. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because if this was Florida, if this was Tampa, if this was Chicago, right. Then it would have been, it could have been a bloodbath. Yep. It, it, there's no, there's no question. Uh, Detroit has some good players. And it, and I, I've, I said this a couple of times in the first half of the pod. Um, you can see there are pieces there. And they were missing Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi tonight, two of their best players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Philip Zadina is a good player. He's a good-looking player. Heck, Yevgeny Svechnikov looks like he can play. Right, he, yeah, he had a point tonight. He's, he's got like four points already. Yeah, he's played four games. He's got uh, two goals and two assists. Uh, so he's been impressive. Uh, but look, they just don't have anybody on defense. Their, their defense right. is a mess. Uh, Philip Ronick has some points, but I don't know how good he is. Um, but I mean, that's what that's the area where they have to do better. But they look like they have some pieces. They just they, they were missing two of them tonight, and they're just not deep enough. Uh, and as long as Carolina Carolina was lucky, it's two two after two. They played maybe I don't know. Uh, a good section of the latter part of the second period that drew him even. Uh, and then the line change, the, you know, messing around mm-hmm. with the forward lines just a little bit to put Svechnikov with Stalin Faust and uh, their first shift ends up in a goal. Uh, I think their next shift ended up in a goal. Um, and that was that. And that was, uh, then Detroit was done. And so Carolina won the game. They, they scored three goals in four minutes and five seconds when you start at the Natchez goal at the end of the second period. Uh, yeah. And, then, and, and this is what other teams used to do to Carolina. Carolina mm-hmm. would play better, outplay him for 40 minutes, and then all of a sudden, wait, did we just give up three goals? Yes, you did. That's what used to happen. Right. So, to, you know, good. I'm glad. they Not only didn't they start on time, they didn't play the full 60. Right, right. I'm glad. Yeah. Anytime we can check off cliches that they didn't do, I'm happy. Right. Uh, let's, let's, like, and still win, because then it's just destruction, and then people don't know what to do, and that makes me happy. All right. I am, we're not going to talk bad about anybody except maybe Brett Pesci, because we have, let's just start there. What the hell was he doing? And he got fined for it, too. I just saw that come down. He got the $5,000 automatic uh, charitable donation uh, for that. I mean, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? What, what am I, uh, the clairvoyant? I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed. You know, it, was a, it, was, it was a dumb thing to do. Yeah. Cost and him a I think out of character. Very, very much. Um, and he didn't get a star from me tonight. Oh. So, there. <laughs> he didn't get a star from me either. He automatically couldn't get first star after doing that, and he wasn't one of their three best players anyway. Uh, we'll we'll whip out our stars uh, here in a minute. Um, Alex Nedeljkovic, thoughts? I liked him. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think that the second goal was the one you could fault him on if you wanted to because he could see everything. 
and he gives up a short side goal. So listen, I'm not a goaltender expert, but he was a little bit out of position, just leaving way too much space on the near side. Right. And so I think that that's one you could fault him on. Although scoring on the short side is pretty hard too. And (laughs) it's a great shot. So, I, I mean, maybe both things are true, but again, it would be one of those situations where I'm sure Hurricane fans are going to be yelling at the goaltender, although it is Alex Nedeljkovic, so I'm not sure they hate him yet. No, they don't hate um, him. They love Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah. yeah. They would they would normally yell at a James Reimer oh, or yell at a Cam Ward or yell at a, you know, even probably a Peter Morazic if that that goal was given up. But if a Hurricane scored that goal, then it would be a sick goal. So... <laughs> I'm not sure how to really call it. Maybe both things are true. I and think, if that's the case, I'm good with that. I, I think it was more good shot than bad goal, but there was an element of bad goal. I'll go I'll go sixty five thirty five. Zadina good shot. He's a good player. Yeah, I mean, He's a fun player. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, you know, that was the second one was a was a power play goal, was it not? Or was yeah. it the first one that was well, a power play goal? That was the power play goal. Yeah. That was a power play goal. Yeah, that was so, power, that's the Brett Pesci, what are you doing, slew foot of Robbie Fabry uh, and um, and Zadina. I mean, it, it, Carolina had a chance to clear the zone and didn't. Uh, and yeah. uh, I think it was, uh, was it Adam Ernie kind of shoveled the puck over to Zadina? Yeah, uh, yeah. And he just leaned into one. He had to go down to one knee. To, uh, to yeah, his- I mean, I guess my point is just that if it were an even strength goal, I would be looking around for why Zadina was so, so open. open. <laughs> yes. But it was a power play goal, so they had more men on the ice right. than well, the Canes did. Well, we had an even strength goal with Zadina wide open in the first period, but we're not going to yes. talk about it. We're not going. Well, talk I mean, the 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 Canes, you know, there was sort of a failure to clear on that one too. And the, you know, the Red Wings got a little bit of a cycle action happening and Dougie was sort of floating around. I think Dougie was looking for who he was supposed to defend. And by the time he realized that it was Zadina, it was too late. Yeah. That's what cycles do. I mean, mean, that's what, that's what happens when there are goals. Usually someone's too late, but (laughs) my, my point is, the puck was on the other side of the ice and then it came over. And when Dougie turned around, he was sort of searching around to see, you know, who he needed to mark up on. And he just, you know, he wasn't fast enough to close out on it. And then he created a great net front presence. It was, he, he, he did not get an assist, but he was instrumental in the goal. Uh, no question about that. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, Nedeljkovic, uh, has stopped, 126 of the last 132 shots he's seen. He's 3-1 and one in his last four starts, 955 save percentage. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Is that good? That seems good. Seems good. No question about that. Yeah. Um, all right, be, uh, before we get to... I should have given uh, somebody else the first star, but I didn't. Uh, but we'll talk about him anyway. Um, can, can I ask you a question real sure. fast? Yeah. How often, this is a goaltending question. Sure. How often do you blame the goaltender, would you say? Uh, not that often. 
I know nor- I will normally blame the uh the people in front of the goaltender before I will blame the goaltender. I agree. I'm the same I'm the same way. Like I think it has to be a really egregious goal yeah. that gets allowed before it's just a terrible goal to let up. And I mean, you know, context kind of matters in terms of the game situation and things like that as well. But like, what was it a few weeks ago? Was it, was it Reimer or Nadelkovich who let in they both the one did. that kind of, they that kind of slid in behind his leg and it was stupid. They both did. Ned, Ned did one and then Reimer did one like the next game. Yeah. yeah. So that to me is goal. where I'm like that. Yeah. That to me is where I'm like, that can't happen. Right. If you're a goaltender. But like even on these goals, like the one that uh, Zadina scored the second one on, I mean, you know, I, he tried. You know, <laughs> he didn't. He, he didn't look the other way. Yeah, he like didn't leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with so, you. I don't, like I don't, I don't, I just don't. I think, I think a lot of people's natural inclination is goal goes in, and. The, it's just the easy thing to blame. Yeah. Where are you, goalie? Why weren't you in the way of the puck? Right. Uh, my son and, is, you know, Jack's a keeper in soccer. Right. And I've watched, I don't know how many games that he has played. And in all of the games that he has played, I think he has let in one goal that he should have definitely stopped. All right. That doesn't mean that he has made every save that he could make. But right. there's only been one goal that I could recall that, ooh, how did that happen? And right. uh, because it's almost always the guys in front. And that's one of the things when we talk about, like, the Hurricanes goaltending situation, like who should play, who shouldn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter because it, it only matters uh, how the guys in front of them them play. And when the 18 guys in front of the goalie are playing well, it doesn't matter who's playing goal. They'll be like, fine. When Scott Darling couldn't catch a fly puck yeah. from center ice and it went in the goal, yeah. that's when I'm really mad at the goaltender. <laughs> but, like, I don't find myself livid at Nedeljkovich for letting in a goal like the ones Zadina scored. No, not mad at all. Not okay. mad at all. all right, well, let's I'm glad on. you and I are on the same page. Yeah, we are. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm not even wasting. I should have given Rod Brindamore my first star, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, it's a good call. Um, and I, it's not just that the, the 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 line, the shuffling of the lines that created uh, a line from hell. If you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, having to deal with Stahl, Svechnikov, and Faust for the first ten minutes of the third period, which was murder on them. Um, but he wins his hundredth game. And it just gets me back. And Jordan Stahl's interview at the end of the, uh, after he was named the first star, uh, when they asked him about playing for Rod, and he said something I wrote two years ago when they made the playoffs, is that he cares, he cares about us, and we care about him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, more than half the battle as a head coach is yes. essentially getting you you can x and o or whatever you wanted and game plan all of that stuff 
any everybody can do that. There's right. there's thousands of people who there's people on Twitter who can do that. Right. But getting people to care as much as you care, man, that's that to me is the that's the difference between Rod Brindamore and I mean, Bill Peters was a good coach. Just right. Not a good person. Right. And that's where Brenda Moore is. I don't know if he's the best coach in the league because of that or not. Or I'm not trying to make him the best coach in the league, but uh, he's a perfect coach for this team. Oh, I mean, it is 100% a, a, a management role. I mean, X's and O's. What I mean, there's also a thousand ways to X and O things. I mean, everybody has their philosophy on how you're supposed to X and O, you know, but the co- the good coaches get people to believe in that, right? to buy into that system. And if you buy in, then, you know, you're going to be successful because everybody's on the same page. It's when you've got guys who don't buy in that, screws up everybody else who is buying it. So there might be a bunch of dudes who are playing the, the game that he wants them to play. But if a couple guys don't do that, then suddenly, you know, you can't rely on those guys to be where they're supposed to be. And then you have breakdowns. But to me, the other thing is just, I mean, Rod Brindamore was a pit is epitomized by his post game comments <laughs> where they asked him if he knew, first of all, that this was his hundredth game. And he said, no, he didn't. And I 100% believe that. Right. And then they asked him, you know, about, you know, how much it means to him or whatever. And he said, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Right. It's a hundred wins. What's the next guy got a thousand, 2000. He's like, so it's not a whole lot because this guy runs away from the spotlight. Yeah. He just does not take any of it for himself. But I think the other thing is you have to get players to you, – you have to follow through on the things that you say you're going to do. And that's, that's whether or not it's a reward or whether or not it's discipline. And it's whether or not you're an $8 million player a year or you're a league minimum player a year. And that is for whether or not you sit the bet, you, you, you know, you get pulled from a game and benched for a while or you get elevated playing time. I mean, I've seen tons of players throughout his tenure so far that sometimes you look down and you go, Oh, he only played 11 minutes <laughs> and it wasn't Phil DiGiuseppe, right? right? It was, you know, Sebastian Ajo or something else. And so like, that's when you get guys that believe that that guy, that the coach is for real, that he's authentic, that he's not just blowing smoke all the time. And once you believe that, then it's easier to take the discipline that you get, you know, and the reward that you get means more because you know, you've earned it. Yeah. So he knows how to balance those things and it feels easy to me. That's the thing about Brenda Moore and everything he does is that his philosophy to me seems simple, but so many people can't do it because they get in their own way 
with authority and wielding power and all of that kind of stuff that, you know, guys end up going like, dude, we, you're, you're a, you know, you're a jerk (laughs) or you're, you're just not for real. You're not authentic. You know, we talk about torts all the time and the, the shelf life that he has. Because eventually guys get wear, wear thin on that it kind of stuff. It's a burnout factor. Or Bill Peters, who would rather lose a game doing it his way than win a game collaborating with other people. Right. And, you know, same thing, you know, and Brindamore, how, how long have we talked about the fact that he appoints these people to positions, whether it's, you know, uh, the goaltender coach. Yeah. Or it's the other two guys who handle the defense and the power play or whatever. And he just says to them, you take care of this. And that's what we're doing. Right. You know, there's no looking over your shoulder. There's, you know, I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he does have final say with things, but he empowers these people and they have ownership of the things they're doing. And when you have ownership of those things, you're more willing to put the time in and you're more willing to make the effort. And, that's what they do. It's like, this is not rocket surgery. Like it's a simple thing, but somehow he's the only guy he's honestly, he's one of the only guys that I can remember that I've felt that he does it this way. Cause he's just so, uh, he's so humble of a person. Yeah. Like he's just, he just doesn't like Rod Brindamore was a great player. Yep. But he doesn't think of himself as a great player. He thinks of himself as a workhorse. He thinks of himself as a tryhard that was a great player because of that. You know? Yeah, and re- that's just that's what that's the dude he is. That's the guy he is. Yeah, I remember when um when I advocated for Brindamore, uh, and so many people were like, Great players don't make great head coaches. I'm like, think about why he's a great player. Then get back to me with the great player doesn't don't make great head coaches. Uh, not that he didn't have talent; he had talent. I mean, he played in the NHL uh, right out of Michigan State, and stepped into a playoff game for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, right, right out of Michigan State. You don't. Well, that, do that. that's when, my point. Right, that's my point. Is he did have a ton of natural talent. Right. I mean, he was a very talented guy, but, but he also put a work ethic behind it. And that's what he believes in. That's what he believes got him there. I'm going to dovetail to uh, a, a player here in a second. But I think we can sum up our conversation about Rod Brindamore is that Rod is not impressed with Rod or anything right. else. <laughs> right. He- I mean, Sebastian Ajo could play a great game and you talk about, uh, you know, how great was Sebastian Ajo tonight? That's well, it's what, what we need from him. That's it. Right. It's all you get. Right. <laughs> he's right. just no, not he was, impressed. <laughs> well, and he's also not here for the BS no, too. He like isn't. he doesn't he doesn't suffer fools. He doesn't get into all these he doesn't get into all these, you know, things that we come up with. Right. You know, people were asking him about Svechnikov and his brother before the game. And he's like, I mean, I don't think it's special. I mean, it's special for him, I guess, a little bit, but right. it doesn't really do anything in terms of you know, the game, we still need Andre Spetsnikov to be a good player for us. I mean, it's a, it's a side story, but it's nothing more than that. Right. You know, and he, he doesn't deal in anything that doesn't have a tangible and immediate impact on what they're doing. Yep. That's why he doesn't know 
that this was his hundredth win. Yeah. Cause it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't, it, that, it doesn't change his work ethic. It has no impact on what he does. So there's no need to pay attention to that stuff. This is, it's just awesome. Now we'll, we'll dovetail to Rod's favorite player. Uh, Rod probably in a dark moment in his car on the ride home from the arena, probably turns the radio off and says, listen, all you jabronis who kept bad-mouthing Jordan Stahl for two years, and I kept telling you, didn't matter if he was scoring goals or not. He's a great player, and he drives our team, and blah, 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 blah. Now stuff it. Do you think he mm-hmm. said that in his car on the way home again tonight? Um, I don't see Brenda Moore <laughs> as a lash out vocally type guy. No, but nobody's around. Nobody's yeah. around. <laughs> no, I no, seriously, I think he's I think he does it silently. I think he does it in his head. He knows. I think he's yeah, like I think he does it in his head. But I don't think that he's he's not a he's he's just too he's too disciplined, he's too under control. Yes. To, to, to be a like vocal lasher outer yeah. of things. He's not going to be right? or, an or, I told or, you so or, guy. Right. No, he doesn't. He's, he's, he is a, you know, speak softly, carry a big stick type guy. I mean, he just, that's just who he is. I love him, dude. I, yeah. I, I vibe with him so hard on so many <laughs> things. Like even, even like, you know, all the other stuff that I, that I go off on, on all the dumb things, you know, the fighting, I mean, like, he doesn't care about that either. He, he thinks that's it. dumb. He doesn't want it. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want it doesn't want because it. it's like, no, it's doesn't, doesn't do anything. Right. So he I, just doesn't, he poo-poos all that thing. I love him. Let's love talk him. about He's Jordan Stahl real quick. Um, now I didn't think any of the forwards were really that good through 40 minutes. Um, but Jordan's always good. Um, but the third period that that line put out there, was a clinic. It was a clinic in getting the puck, keeping the puck, uh, and I mean being physical because they were, they were, <laughs> that that was that was a great line uh, in the third period. I don't, they were on the ice. I think they had three shifts in the first three and a half minutes of the period because I think they were still on the ice after uh, after the goal. I think he let yeah. them take the face off after the 45 second shift that scored the goal. He probably did because I mean Jordan Stahl's most likely going to win the face off. Gosh, he gets so, an assist. How many assists do you think he's gotten this year winning a face off in the offensive zone? It happened I don't know. tonight. He had Yeah, so many. <laughs> all of them. So, I uh, just having yeah, a good I mean, year. Yeah, he's having a good year. He's I mean he is exactly he's a perfect Rod Brindamore player. <laughs> Um, just because he he doesn't really need the shine nope. to be effective. He doesn't really he doesn't really need the the production necessarily because he does all the other stuff. So yeah, man, he's he's had a dynamite season. He hadn't scored in eight games. Yep, he broke. And he it. scored tonight. He had three points tonight. Nino Nino's yeah. empty net goal uh, broke a nine game. Uh, or was it no seven game scoring drought? Svech finally beat a goaltender, uh, first time in fifteen games that Svech beat a goalie. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, all right, wh- whip out your stars for me, sir. Okay, I had 
Martin Natchez okay. as my third star. I had Spetch as my second star. And I had Stahl as my first star. Very nice. Very nice. I think I have an indie band for you again. <laughs> uh, the no points guy who just did all the right things. <laughs> uh, Svetch was my third star. Stahl was my second star. And Jacob Slavin was my first star. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so here's... Yeah. Well, well, I mean, listen. I mean, if you're going defensemen, you know, it's hard to always give them one with, with poor, you know, because of points. But right. But but my he, reasoning... He was good. He, he did have one situation where he sort of got stripped at the blue line, but he chased that guy down yep. <laughs> and thwarted the chance. So he at least negated the mistake that he made. Yeah. And he did, and he did so many other things well tonight. Um, he had a lot of shots. He had like... He had four shots on goal. He had three other shot attempts. He was hunting too. Um, but I thought that none of their forwards played great in the first two periods. I thought the the only two players that were legitimately good through two periods were Nedeljkovic and Slavin. Um, and I thought Slavin was just great for 60 minutes or however many minutes he played, 23 did you minutes see, and some odd seconds. Did you see the centers? Tonight, what they did in the face-off circle? Uh, you know, I, I didn't pay attention. They were all good. Yeah, they were all, well, and by centers, I mean, I'm referring to the top three. I don't okay. remember what Paquette, I don't remember what Paquette did, but I think he was even over 50%, but you had, Trocek was like 68%, um, <laughs> Stahl was like 59%, Ajo was above 50%. So you know, as a team, I think Carolina's second in the league in faceoffs. They are, and they've got um, all of their centers are over fifty percent. Well, Trocheck and Stahl were both top ten in the league. Yeah. I think Stahl was actually top five. I think it was like third. Yeah, at one point. Yeah the the leader in faceoffs uh, is was in the game tonight, Luke Glendening. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, Glenn Denning was his like was like sixty three or sixty. I don't know. It was over sixty percent. Patrice Bergeron is also over sixty percent. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought I thought there was a Boston Bruin in there somewhere. Yeah, Bergeron is also. I, I was looking at that yesterday. It was actually is in the preview. Uh, all four, all four starting centers are over fifty percent for uh, for Carolina. It's pretty good. That's that's what that's a Rod Brindamore coach team right there. It took a while. <laughs> It is. Took a, yeah. It took a while. Did you hear, I loved I loved his first comment too, where they were like, "Yeah, this coaching thing, man, it's just not good for your health," or whatever he said. <laughs> uh, I didn't catch his press conference, but I'm glad that uh, he did not know that it was his 100th win because yeah, that, good. That's on brand for Rob. I'm sure Dennis Cox tweeted it out on the uh, FSCR Twitter account. Um, you can go catch it. It's, it's good. It's a, it's one of his better ones for I, sure. I, I mean, will, especially considering, especially considering he was spicy rod after the last game. Right. <laughs> and this one, he was a little more loosey goosey rod. Um, he was, he was very, he was chuckly. He was like chuckling around about it all. Cause he was just, he was, he was sheepish about it. He was, right. uh, he was embarrassed. He was like, uh, you know, he was blushing about it all. Cause it was just, it's just uncomfortable for him. And I get it. When I when I talk to him on uh, Sunday before the before the game Sunday, I'll tease him about it uh, because it deserves it deserves teasing. But I I I'm positive he didn't know 
uh, because he's not, oh. he doesn't care. He just does not care. 100% did not know. Right. There's no chance he knew. Uh, all right. Uh, I got, uh, I got nothing else. We loved, I loved Svechnikov in the third period. That line was great. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Natchez goal changed the game. Um, it, we might've even had the Nedeljkovic save on Mantha right before then change the game. Yes. I, I think that was a bigger play. The, ma- uh, the save. The save on Mantha. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but when you're uh, when one line wins the game for you in the first three minutes of the third period, um, uh, we don't know what changed the game except that we know for a fact that Stahl, Svechnikov, and Faust changed the game. What'd you think of Detroit pulling the goaltender with more than five minutes to go? Bold move. Yeah, bold move. Well, I understand the, the the thought process behind it. Carolina was on a long shift, and it was an icing. You're trying to take advantage and maybe steal one. Uh, yeah. right there. Uh, but if you don't win the face-off. <laughs> right. Right, because that Trochek yeah. won that face-off, right? Yes. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I kind of oh, liked no, it. was fine. To be honest. Yeah. There was a method. You're um, down two. Yeah, you're down two. And you're, you're getting dominated. A, you're getting dominated. You got seven wins. Who cares? <laughs> but also, like, I, I remember, I, I think it was a Malcolm Gladwell podcast I listened to where he explored pulling the goaltender. And basically the conclusion was that if you weren't doing it just by conventional thinking like they do, that you would, you should pull the goaltender a lot sooner than they do normally. Maybe. So... I can't remember exactly. It was a podcast I listened to. I'd I'd be I'd be interested in finding it. Uh, but uh, it was it was a pretty interesting listen. Was it revisionist it was history? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, think, I think it might have been. It's I yeah. It was uh, it was very interesting. I, I remember I'm trying to think how many years ago this this was. Now Carolina was beating the Devils. It was like four nothing, or maybe it wasn't quite that bad. Maybe it was just a two goal lead, but. Uh, the Devils pulled their goalie with like four and a half minutes to go, mm-hmm. and played the rest of the game without a goalie. I don't. I think Carolina finally got an empty net goal late, but uh, I don't know. I don't even remember if New Jersey scored or not. But they played a, more than four minutes with an empty net, and why not? I mean, if you, what's the difference between losing five nothing uh, and losing two nothing or three nothing? Right. Exactly. Right? No. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you know, I mean. You do have to win a face-off, but even if you lose the face-off, I mean, generally speaking, when there's no when there's an empty net, you don't no one people don't score that fast. No, I mean that was insane. Yeah, it happened. So. It took ten seconds. Anyway, uh, on that somebody note, do the research, find out where the podcast <laughs> is, and let, and let me know. Uh, Tampa came back and beat Chicago. They were trailing two nothing in the third period. Uh, scored a shorthanded goal. Uh, then. Like uh, a minute and a half later, they tied it, and then Victor Hedman won it in overtime with one second left. Uh, Florida beat Nashville. Uh, Columbus and Dallas were in a tight game in the third period. I don't know what happened to that. but uh, So Carolina's not in first place anymore. Tampa's back in first place. Dang. But for, just for, well, for a fleeting moment, for an hour. Something to, sh- something to shoot for. Carolina you was know? in first place for an hour. The uh, carrot. All right, Alec Campbell. I'll, uh, All right. Uh, I will not see you tomorrow. You will not. No.
Um, and I will not talk to you tomorrow. You're right. I will probably, I probably won't talk to you on Saturday either. Gosh. So I'll talk to you on Sunday. All right. I miss you already. <laughs> All right, man. Later. Talk to you later. You know, I can do like uh, 60 minutes just on the head coach. I've been thinking a lot about Rod Brindamore in the shower, just like uh, Jerry Jones probably does. All right, uh, Hurricanes win it 5-2. It never looked like it was going to be a 5-2 win, certainly not if you watch the first two periods, but all those cliches be damned. The Hurricanes were fortunate that they were playing the Red Wings tonight. They get a win, uh, and that's all you need to know. The Canes Corner Podcast, Morning After Edition, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, gutter helmets, everything you want to see at AluminumCompany.com. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. So we thank them, and we thank you for hanging out. If you don't mind, give us a review, give us a rating, subscribe to the podcast, let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to hear, and we'll try to incorporate that in a future podcast. Uh, anyway, until after the Hurricanes, take on the Florida Panthers Sunday, 5 o'clock at PNC Arena in front of uh, what I'm going to guess will be a capacity crowd of 2,924. I'm Adam Gold. Good night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about. Every day of the year, primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.